You're listening to season five of Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast. I'm Kimberly Evans, and I am so delighted that you are here. I'm passionate about all things business, marketing, and celebrating the everyday. And I'm here to help you navigate the crossroads of life, business, and everything in between. I'm a small city mama who works from home and has been an entrepreneur for almost 20 years, switching up from event planning to marketing and social media consulting. Along with personally experiencing hardship in my own life and business, I've discovered how powerful our mindset and purpose is in creating a life of joy and celebration while having a whole lot of fun along the way. Join me for happy hour as I connect you with inspiring leaders, entrepreneurs, tastemakers, and extraordinary people as they share their journey in life and business, sharing all the secrets on how they are striving to live a life of purpose. Your fears and beliefs in yourself will be transformed as you are challenged and encouraged to work towards creating the best version of yourself from the inside out. You're in good company. Cheers to celebrating simple life. Before I dive into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know how grateful I am for every single review that you leave on Apple Podcast and Google. With listeners from around the world, each review helps Celebrating Simple Life podcast get notice and grows our listenership. A review only takes a minute. You can even press pause right now. Scroll down on the Apple Podcast home screen, click the star rating and write a quick review, or jump over to Google Celebrating Simple Life. And if you want to connect on conversations about the episodes and find out who future guests are, follow Celebrating Simple Life podcast on Instagram and click over to celebratingsimplelife.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter. I'm so delighted to have you with me today. Yes, you. The show is better because you are here. Before I dive in today's episode, I want to read an Apple podcast review from Fian. Kimberly has a passion and energy that you can tangibly feel throughout the podcast episodes. You will learn a lot, laugh a lot, and be inspired to grow in your business. Thank you so much, Fian, for leaving this beautiful review. Please send me a message to Celebrating Simple Life Podcast on Instagram for your special surprise from me. I want to let you know how grateful I am for every single review. With listeners from around the world, each review helps Celebrating Simple Life podcast get noticed and grows our listenership. A review only takes a minute. You can even press pause right now and scroll down on the Apple Podcast home screen, click the star rating, and write a quick review. And if you want to connect on conversations about the episodes and find out who future guests are, follow Celebrating Simple Life podcast on Instagram and click over to celebratingsimplelife.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter. Today on the Celebrating Simple Life podcast, we are starting a brand new series, Celebrating Your Truth. This month, we will be hearing stories from some incredible guests who are showing up in life by taking care of themselves and using their story to create change in the world. You are going to love hearing these stories and digging deep into your own life to reconnect with your why. We are kicking off with the new Celebrating Your Truth series today with Nimi Kellaway, owner of Hokaton. While sitting in a nutrition class about organic versus conventional farming, Nimi started thinking about what she puts into her own body and how synthetic fabrics are laced with formaldehyde, petroleum, and plastics, which is absorbing into our skin every night as we sleep. After making this connection between food and natural textiles, she discovered that only 1% of the world's cotton is grown using organic methods. 
After having her own health scare a few years ago, she was determined to bring the healthiest and safest bedding and linens to market. Inspired by nature, Hocaton is a mission-driven luxury home textile company selling 100% organic bedding, duvet covers, crib sheets, pillowcases, and a whole line of healthy sleep products. Tune in as we chat all about why conscious living is so important and what you can do today to live your best life and take care of the people around you. Today on the Celebrating Simple Life podcast, we are continuing our Celebrating Your Truth series with an incredible conversation with Christina Dervatis, OBGYN turned singer-songwriter recording artist. After delivering thousands of babies and performing hundreds of surgeries, she made the shift to a part-time IUD specialist practice in order to spend more time with her husband. She had no idea that their shared passion for music would result in the birth of releasing an album. It just came out. Her songs share the raw emotions of a midlife in transition, terrifying, exhilarating energy that comes with exploring new possibilities. With a vocal and lyrical style often compared to Alanis Morissette, Christina has experienced firsthand the therapeutic power of music. Tune in as we chat all about making big decisions in life at any stage and how all of this leads to you living out our truth in the best ways possible. Hello, Christina. How are you? I'm so great. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to get chatting. (laughs) My pleasure. This is going to be so much fun. I love it when amazing women introduce me to amazing women. So I'm so grateful that Susan has connected us and you have such a unique story. And I just think that this is one of the most unique stories I've heard in a long time. And I'm so excited to dive in. So We're just going to go all the way to your background because that's where your story is going to reflect back on as we get to the next part of your story. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I I sort of always like never know where to begin these stories because it is, it is sort of a crazy story. And no matter how many times I'm explaining how I've got here, gotten here, I, it it still seems a little bit strange and hard to believe, (laughs) but, um, so, so I'm a board certified obstetrician gynecologist, um, and I practice in Newmarket, Ontario. Um, and I really didn't have any aspirations or thoughts of becoming a musician and releasing an album until recently. And so this story of my music life really just started to unfold within the last three years. Um, I, I mean, I, I played music as a child. That's where my musical journey starts, I guess, is that like like many five-year-olds out there starting piano lessons and I trained right through um, until high school and did my conservatory training. Um, but after that, I really abandoned any playing of music for about two decades as I pursued medicine. I always knew from like an early age in early high school that I wanted to be a doctor um, and quite specifically an OBGYN from an early time. Um, and so that of course was the focus and it was undergrad, it was medical school, it was residency and then the early years of my career. Um, and really other than listening to and appreciating music, I didn't see myself as a musician and wasn't playing. So it really wasn't until about 10 years ago um, that I rediscovered my musical side and bought a piano for our home. And I actually started taking some guitar lessons as well. Um, But, you know, it was still on the side and I didn't have a ton of time for music. Mm -hmm. Um, 
recently there was a shift in my practice and we can maybe get into that the details of that a little bit more in that decision making but um, my practice shifted um, to a private practice and um, fewer demands and fewer work hours and at around that same time I started writing songs sort of out of the blue and again I never had written songs before ever in my life I didn't really consider myself a singer I mean I I sang at the top of my lungs, driving home from an on-call four-hour shift, a um, little bit of karaoke with friends um, at our home, in our music room in the basement, but um, didn't really consider myself a songwriter, didn't really consider myself a singer, but I was struggling with insomnia, and one night I started to write a song lyric in my mind and to try and distract myself from many racing thoughts. Um, <laughs> Uh, I had chronically had dealt with insomnia throughout most of my life. And so one night I found myself writing, an idea popped into my head and I started writing a lyric. Um, it turned out not to be a great tool for battling insomnia because then I couldn't get to <laughs> until, until I wanted to finish this. And then I was, oh, am I going to remember this in the morning? Should I get up and write this down? Am I going to wake my husband? But anyway, that's really how it began. And then in the morning, I would pick up my guitar. For some reason, I, I write more on guitar than, than piano, which I was originally trained in, and then would turn it into a song. So I just started writing songs, and it really was, I used it as sort of like a journaling tool, like mm. emotional things that were going on. That's what I was writing about. And... Before I knew it, I had like a couple of dozen songs and was actually braving a couple of open mic nights um, and then took the giant leap of committing to an actual two hour performance of original music as part of a local community event in 2019, which Whoa. was like... I, I've never performed like like a whole set of music in front of people um, other than music competitions and exams when I was a child. So, and I still remember when I hit send on that email and my <laughs> husband like, really, you're doing this? But um, it seemed, the event seemed like sort of like a safe space for me to be able to, um, to do that sort of a thing. So I went for it. I played for a couple of hours, all original music. And then I did a few, um, you know, just local um, gigs um, uh, just shortly after that, very, very small performances with, you know, bar stool in the corner kind of thing with just yeah. a few patrons. And then the pandemic hit. And I was just sort of getting going with sharing my music and I wanted to continue. So I created an Instagram profile and started recording my original music. Fast forward to December of 2020 and coincidentally, an artist who I was obsessed with and was one of my music idols found me on Instagram. I saw this new follower, The Vocal Life, and I said to my husband, oh my gosh, this is M. Griner, the M. Griner. We love M. Griner. She found my Instagram um, profile and she's giving vocal lessons. You know, absolutely, I jumped at the opportunity um, to to work with M. And so what started off as just vocal coaching um, turned into so much more and was really a pivotal event. Um, and again, one of those sort of pandemic silver linings that we've been gathering yes. up um, yes. uh, in these days. So um, in working with M, she heard some of my music and really sort of nudged me in the direction of pursuing this more formally. In fact, she had me do a vision board and I confess, 
I confessed I was rolling my eyes a little bit. I was <laughs> the, the logical doctor in you needed to do <laughs> a little, yeah, the scientist in me was not really about vision boards, but it worked. Like that is what led me here on the vision board. There was a stage, there was a Spotify symbol, there was a radio um, icon um, in my mind. And there was this concept of a debut album in my mind. I had always thought that I never thought of myself being on the radio or on Spotify. I thought maybe my songs are good enough for someone else to sing. Cause I mm -hmm. still wasn't considering myself a performer, but um, through my work with M she nudged me in the direction of um of doing an album and then once we decided i was just uh, like i just attacked it with surgical yes. focus yes. And, <laughs> and then the rest of that story is what's been unfolding this year as we completed the album and now are promoting it and um it's out there in the universe for people to hear so i have so many things that i need to unpack <laughs> with what you have just said here i want to back up to you all of a sudden having this feeling like you were just like even previous to insomnia, you all of a sudden just deciding you're getting back into music. And that was just something that needed to sort of be a part of you again. What do you feel the shift was in you that all of a sudden, like, did you feel like it was sort of just the stress of day-to-day -day life? All of a sudden you were like, Hey, I just need like another outlet or where did this music piece suddenly just kind of flood back into you after decades of not really having that be there? I think probably it must have come from some of the feeling that I had with my first few songs and what I was writing about and, you know, just sort of guttural lyrics, like really, as I said, I used it sort of as a journaling tool. So I was writing about emotional experiences that were happening at that time. Mm -hmm. And I really, like if I was feeling stressed, I would go to the guitar and I would sing it and I would sing it again and I would sing it again. And there must have been some sort of process, some yes. adrenaline rush, some endorphins, um, some neurotransmitters that were happening at the time that propelled me to keep doing that. And the songs were sounding pretty good and were coming to me quite easily. So I think I embraced it for that reason, that it wasn't a struggle to go out right. and write a song. They were happening quite quite naturally. Um, but yeah, it was a tumultuous time. I mean, I alluded to earlier that I had made a big, big decision. And so there was a lot emotionally going on um, around that decision at that time. So a bit of background on that big leap, uh, which was the first big leap that I think led to me being able to take this next big leap towards music. Um, but so I was a really, really busy um, generalist uh, obstetrician and gynecologist I'd say probably 70% of my practice was um, was pregnancy care and pregnant patients um, I did surgery as well I did spend a lot of time at the hospital on call and we were and I was working like the tip your typical picture of you know running on the treadmill busy physician um, my husband Dr. Barry Atak who was also an obstetrician gynecologist and pelvic floor surgeon um, who is just a little a little bit older than me he's he's 20 years my senior so it obviously as a couple that meant some different decision making yeah. Barry was approaching his retirement um, age and so we were as a couple making some decisions and 
I really came to this crossroads where I had to say like, what are my priorities in life? Um, and I really wanted to be able to spend the time with Barry in his retirement that we deserve together as a couple that he had earned after almost 40 years of practice. And an obstetrics practice is really not conducive to what we had envisioned. Um, we of course were envisioning travel with, with travel <laughs> now during the pandemic. Yes. Um, really a challenge at extended periods of time. There's no pause button for pregnancy, of course. So to go away for even a short period of time, um, the burden falls on your colleagues to cover your practice. Yes. And, um, anyhow, so there, these were some of the thoughts um, that that fueled um, the decision about whether what my practice would look like as Barry approached retirement. Um, and so we had some tough decisions to make, but I made the decision to shift to um, an office only, um, more dialed down. I'm not quite part-time, a little bit more than part-time, but basically significantly reduced hours and private practice with a focus on um, contraception. So mm. no more delivering babies, no more surgery. Um, you can imagine that this was like, uh, you know, just yes. a decision for me to make to give up those skills and, yes. and I, I hadn't anticipated that this was going to happen um, but it became clear to me that this was the right path for us as a as a family as a couple um, so I think there was a lot of emotions going on around that time that um, found a home in some of my music and some of the things I've been writing mm -hmm. at that time. and very importantly because my workload had just decreased <clears throat> Significantly, I now had the time to to continue to explore this and to make um, to make music and to explore songwriting. So one led to another, and then continued to facilitate um, that process. I find that fascinating because I feel like all of us in our lives, regardless of what we have chosen as our careers, regardless of what our path and our story looks like, we've all come to the we all come to these crossroads and. This pandemic has been another crossroad and that we somehow have all been experiencing together yet in different ways, depending on what our story looks like through there. And it was not something we could control, was not something that we could see coming. And I find it so fascinating that I feel like this pandemic has almost been a metaphor sometimes of like other things that come up in life where you just can't always expect what is going to be around the corner, the decisions that are going to have to be made, the opportunities that just all of a sudden find their way into our hearts and stir things where you're willing to make courageous big decisions like getting rid of a part of you essentially that has been a part of your career for so long and dive into sort of another way of life and pivot that in order to make new doors and windows open for yourself. Absolutely. And I would say it's funny, like once I feel like obviously the decision that I went through in my career made it easier to make this crazy decision to release an album, to do a concert, to put myself yes. out and be vulnerable. Because, you know, once you've already made successfully, you know, made and been on the other side of what seemed like the scariest decision of your entire life, other decisions don't seem quite that scary. So, um, yes. That really, um, that really was part of it. And, and yes, I just, you know, and it's funny how as it began, it, it really like began to feel like a second calling for me. I mm -hmm. sort of gave in to that emotion of saying, 
I think this was supposed to happen. I think it's too many strange, this happened and this door opened and this door opened. Like, I think the universe is telling me something that this is something that I'm called to do. And again, the, the music kept coming to me. Like, I mean, it continues to come to me. I'm continuing to write. I have most of my second album, um, you know, in my mind prepared. And wow. we're gonna start working on that. Um, I should also mention, speaking of the album, when I say we, um, my husband, Barry Atak, um, has very been much been a huge part of, of this, and I would not have been able to do this without his support. So he, his background is that prior to his career in medicine, he was a drummer and was playing in bands. Oh, wow. Didn't go to medical school and was planning on just sort of working and and being a musician um, until things changed for him. But so this is very much a sort of um, 360 coming back um, for him yeah. in drumming. So he's the drummer on the album. We performed the when we did the album release concert in support of the the hospital that we previously worked for. Um, he, we we performed together, and so he's been a part of this music journey as well. In, in hindsight, I realized that music and our, our appreciation of other musicians' music and listening to music was very, very integral to our relationship um, at the very beginning and throughout. So it's not, um, it's not maybe all that, it's surprising the extent to which we've taken things, but it's not surprising that we've found this connection together and this project together in making the music. And um, really it was a, it was a godsend during the pandemic, the darkest like winter months um, of uh, 2020 into 2021, we were full tilt recording demos in our home studio and getting the album organized and, you know, January, February, March um, of this year just sort of flew by because we had this great pr project to work on. So um, that I'm really, really grateful to have him by my side for this project. That is so amazing. I find it so interesting. I've had so many conversations. I think maybe they've been heightened a little bit more throughout the past two years or so, 18 months or so, just because we have all had to sort of figure out maybe even uncomfortably more things about ourselves, like what we like, what we don't like. We're by ourselves. Like we're doing, life is just has felt different. We're in new routines and new things and things that we couldn't have expected. And I've had a number of conversations, especially with women who almost felt like they were like crawling out of their skin a little bit during this pandemic because they just weren't sure what to do with themselves. And they very boldly realized that they had kind of lost touch with all of the things that had maybe brought them joy, all of the things that they maybe used to be into, like you're talking about music and all of a sudden things coming back to you. And I feel like this is such an interesting concept because I think that happens a lot, but I think a lot of people don't act on it. I think what you've chosen to do is to actually, okay, this is happening. You're listening to what's going on. You're actually like deciding how this can get incorporated into your life. I'm not saying that everybody has to decide they want to be a musician, but whatever their hobbies are, I just find that so fascinating. The difference that can happen when you actually choose to listen to what's coming to you. And I should add though, like it's funny to go back and sort of talk about this and say, oh, and this happened, this happened. And, and at each step, I was, it was still a struggle. Like I really, really struggled with imposter syndrome. Um, there was a lot of this narrative in my mind of like, who do you think you are? Right? Like I was, I, like, I really still was, was petrified when I said, Oh, like, you know, it's not like this was easy because yes. I've made this 
your decision. This was still, I was still petrified along every step of the way thinking, what are people going to think? Are they going to think that I've like lost my mind? Are they going to think that I'm ungrateful that I have this wonderful job and now I'm spending time, I'm spending time on this other project. Shouldn't I be doctoring like 24 seven because I've been given that privilege and the skills that I have? Um, what are people going to think? What are other musicians going to think? Mm -hmm. And um, again, it took a lot of, you know, it, it took a sort of mantra that I had to sort of keep at um, to keep myself going and to give myself the self-confidence to say, you're allowed to do this. You, you know, this is an indulgent or frivolous. This is important work. Um, that was another thing that I had to come to terms with that to recognize and acknowledge the importance that music has. Like we can't argue with, and especially during a pandemic with the importance of healthcare yes. and the importance of that aspect of my, my life. Um, but that's not to say that these other things in the world aren't don't also have their place and i actually i believe that music really does have a healing power and certainly it's had a therapeutic um power for for me a therapeutic outlet for me and i really do believe that music is an important part of the universe in terms of healing um so i feel privileged that i get to be a healer in the traditional self and that possibly through some deeper connection with someone listening to my music um, which is my my hope that my music will connect on a different level with some listeners, um, that I will have the opportunity to have that sort of therapeutic role, if you will, um, via music. I'll get back to the show in just a moment, but listen, if you are a business owner, I want to chat about your content photography, running a business, showing up on social media and all of the hats that we as entrepreneurs wear on a daily basis can be exhausting, energizing, and everything in between. Choosing Tammy Zudnik Photography as the photographer for my Celebrating Simple Life brand was the best decision I have made as I've been growing my business. Tammy's ability to capture me exactly the way I wanted to show up in the world is phenomenal. She is a special gift not only to make me feel beautiful and truly seen, but she has captured my business vision in ways I had only dreamed about. Pop over to TammyZudnik.com and check out how branding photography can elevate your business in ways that feel true to you. Because today is a great day to celebrate. All right, friend, back to the show. Coaching, I mean, in this, I, I didn't really know much about the world of coaching, but M. Griner, um, uh, who I must add, actually, she just wrote and uh, released an amazing book called The Healing Power of Singing. And if someone wants to understand how I possibly came from point A to point B, I'd recommend reading M. Griner's book. It's about singing, but it's mm -hmm. also um, how to facilitate um, just this process of believing in yourself and being confident. And and really, M. became so much more than just a vocal coach. There was sort of life coaching involved. And mm -hmm past my imposter syndrome. So um, it, it's difficult, but I think if you surround yourself by positive energy, um, then that really is helpful um, in, in terms of listening to those voices and propelling yourself forward. Yeah, I appreciate you digging into that because I think so often, especially in the last two years, we've all been even more connected via social media and other platforms just because of the nature of what's been going on in the world, as if we weren't all connected like that already before, but it's been heightened and that's been sort of our only connection in some cases. But 
hearing you sort of dig into the messy middle parts, that's the piece that I feel most of us never get to see about this. And that's where I think somebody else's imposter syndrome comes from too, because then they're seeing somebody like you were saying, oh, you have this successful career. Oh, now you're the successful artist who's releasing albums and nobody sees the middle. So being able to actually be honest about those pieces and like talk about this, I think that gives so much courage to somebody listening today who has this idea and has this dream that just keeps coming back to them and coming back to them. And they have not yet maybe taken the chance at just dipping a toe in and seeing what could happen for fear that they might feel the same way that you're describing. But that's kind of a part of the whole thing. I've never once heard a story that starts, oh, here we are at the beginning and happily ever after. Yay. You know, like that's just not real life. Yeah. And I've tried to use social media Social media, I, I I will say this, prior to recent years, I had no experience on social media. And now, of course, as I'm pursuing um, my music, um, it's front and center and yeah. is here. But I have, it's been important to me to be authentic and to share parts of the, the journey on on social media. And I've been telling a little bit of of my stories um, and what led me here, being honest with some of like the struggles um, that I'm going through as an independent musician and how I feel like, I feel like a med, stu med student on day one of their rotation lost in the hospital. I've, I've made lots of different analogies between um, my experience in my early days of medicine and my, my feelings of insecurity and dumbfoundment um, here at the beginning of my music, mm -hmm. what I hope will be part of will be a career but um but yeah and i've tried to be honest with that online like for example i shared a post about how i had sent out my <laughs> this is a bit of a funny story i sent out my cds i've been doing all my own graphic design like i'm sort of doing it all yes. just getting all the music online the ins the outs the social media the um the graphic design and the images for the cd and one week after i had submitted the cds physical cds for print I realized that in a, a flurry of after the fact edits, I had spelt my name wrong on the CD cover, spelt my own name wrong. And like, it took me about like an hour and a half before I could start laughing about it. Right. Uh -huh. I spelt Crustina instead oh of- Oh my God. These are the sort of stories and I've tried yes. to to be human on social media and share the journey. And I will be continuing to share all of these sorts of stories um, as I continue to um, interact with new listeners and viewers online. Um, I will say another part of my um, story that prepped me, speaking of social media, that prepped me for social media um, it, for this project is that when I shifted away from hospital practice and focused on contraception, then I was really, really green, like didn't even have a Facebook account, zero social media experience. But I decided to create a YouTube channel um, about the intrauterine device, which is the main focus of my practice in um, contraception counseling and um, IUD insertions. And I had initially intended it for just my own patients because they had a million questions. This was all new. They were so scared. I just wanted to um, have a resource for them to maybe put their mind at ease before they met me. Um, 
and just created as sort of an FYI additional information resource for my own patients. Well, again, fast forward um, a couple of years later, and I've now put out more than 50 videos. I have um, close to 8,000 subscribers from all over the world. There's been close to a million total video views, and I've had the opportunity to interact um, with viewers all over the world asking questions about contraception and like that was something totally foreign to me that I I don't think I ever would have had the courage to take that step if I was still in my traditional role yes. as a hospital. I think I was mm -hmm. still what are people going to think and whatnot so and then it's funny how that experience on my Dr. Dervatis YouTube channel then sort of gave me the experience that I needed um, to start into the world of social media as it pertains to music. So again, one thing leading to another. Yes. Strange. It's amazing. I, I love that. In my, in my career as a uh, business consultant, social media consultant, I feel like that is the piece that I'm, I'm talking with about with my clients all of the time is just it doesn't matter where you started from. It doesn't matter if yesterday was the day that you decided you were ready to show up on social media because you, for whatever reason, are trying to grow a business, trying to build a brand, or just share details about your own personal life, whatever the case may be. But I think being comfortable to just start learning this bit by bit and for us to stop telling ourselves that we all have to figure this out yesterday and that we should all just be magically really great at it tomorrow after we've been on this for a little bit. I love that you have been so consistent in posting your videos and doing those things because that is ultimately all that it is. Sure, we see people that like jump on and then, oh, wait, all of a sudden they're like these big celebrities, but that's really not the point of this. Like the point of it is to just show up and to just share what is going on with ourselves because guaranteed somebody else needs to hear this. We can't be yeah. the only person on earth that is feeling these things or needing to know these things. And I think if we can keep reminding ourselves exactly what you just said, like surrounding yourselves with the right people, telling yourself what you need to hear, even if you don't believe it yet, just telling ourselves that it gets us to that place where all of a sudden you can now call yourself a musician where a songwriter, whatever titles you want to give yourselves, because that's now a part of, I went through this involvement in the last 18 months too, with the pandemic. I've been an event planner for 18 years. I have always done that. I have never lived through a world pandemic like most of us. And all of a sudden the pandemic hits and it's illegal to gather people for a living. You could not have paid me to tell me that 18 years ago when I started my career, <laughs> that it was not allowed. And so coming to this whole pivot in the last year of figuring out, hmm, what am I going to be when I grow up? Because I can't do what I've been doing for the past almost two decades is very lightning bolt moment. Yet I really resonated with what you said earlier on sort of realizing that you've potentially gone through harder things. So once you've already gone through something hard, and you've made these big decisions, then the next decision can feel just a little easier. And then the next one can feel just a little easier. And nine years ago, my oldest daughter was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. And we talk about cystic fibrosis a lot on the show here. And you with your medical background, there's just th that for me made the pandemic easier because 
that to date has still been the hardest thing we have gone through and continue to go through because it's always there. This pandemic, not that there wasn't challenges and not demeaning anybody else's challenges because we all have our own measuring stick of what feels challenging for ourselves and nobody has to measure their own stick to somebody else's. But for myself, this was a breeze compared to the other things that we're going through. In fact, actually quite enlightening and enjoyable because we chose to see the good that was could come out of this, even though there was a lot of really hard days too, because stuff has already been harder and that's always my marker. So everything else, I'm not as scared. Things don't scare me as much. Making those big decisions don't feel as crazy because we've chosen to live life in the moment and to the fullest as we're going through it because of the circumstances that we didn't choose to come into our world and our family as well. So I love that you were able to kind of take those bits and pieces and be like, yep. And now the next thing, even as your second album comes out, there's going to be a lot of things that are not nearly as challenging because you've jumped a few hurdles and new ones are going to come up. And then those won't feel as challenging the next time either. It's so, it's so funny how easy it is for us to forget what we've already accomplished and put it in the mirror and not continue to celebrate that or give ourselves credit for it. Um, And I have to say um, in the coaching relationship with M, she really, that was a big tool that she used and continues to use with me. And that when I'm, I'm facing some sort of hurdle or obstacle or I'm frustrated with something, she'll say, well, what, what can you, what example can you think of in your medical career, um, a similar type situation and how did you overcome that? And so I think that sort of reflection and perspective is really important. Um, I wanted to pick up on something that you said, which was the, the concept of telling yourself, telling yourself this this stuff or messaging to yourself, even if you don't believe it yet. And I have to say that one other tool that M introduced me to and that I've embraced, which again, I never thought I ever would as a sciencey person, <laughs> it wasn't really in my wheelhouse per se, but she introduced me to guided meditation. And um, I know meditation isn't for everyone, but I always just pictured meditation as just trying to let your mind go blank and only that side of things, which was impossible <laughs> for me to talk would come in or whatnot. But um, I, I had tried stuff like that before with zero success, but guided meditation in terms of, you know, confidence building mantras, I am uh, sort of um, not chanting, but just messaging and just powerful messages to, 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 to be guided through, I found that that was really helpful for me. Um, mm-hmm. And again, a whole new aspect of my life that's opened up that I never um, thought that I would be open to previously. But again, one thing's just leading to the leading to the other, and I'm just finding myself just more open in general to new to new things and new ideas um, because of what's been happening. So, oh, I love that. I love that, and I think it's so important for. I love that this open mind perspective feels like it's becoming more and more the norm versus, nope, this is what I think, and this is how it is, and I can't ever evolve into something else, especially even just looking like you're saying, like you have such two, these are such different hats from coming from medicine to music that there I probably could be a lot of people that are like, oh, no, I would never be open to that on one side, and the other side being like, oh, I would never be open to that, but to be able to experience different ways. I just feel like our brains on the inside must just be going, thank you. Thank you. We're like learning so much, you know? Um, And I have to, 
I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, but I go ahead. Around me, um, I think there's been, like the, the the energy from around me, from like family and friends, patients, hearing about what's happening. Like people are open, are more open to this concept than I anticipated. As I said at the beginning, I was really afraid. Um, and like, what are people going to think? Are they going to think that I'm crazy? Are they going to think that I'm ungrateful? Like, how is this going to be in, um, interpreted? And like like largely the response has been like almost entirely positive and you know patients of mine saying oh i heard you're doing music i think that's so great i think that's great that you have this other outlet and it's really the people around me are really celebrating it which um is just so encouraging um that i think there's there's more of an awareness out there that really we need to we need to stay sane our mental health is important and we need to have outlets um for for our energy that are other than just work or just parenting or just you know these stressful things so i love that so your album just came out i can only imagine how surreal that must feel for it's like well as you've used the comparison of like you using your medical terminology to music your album is called overdue <laughs> and it must feel like you've just uh, delivered another baby <laughs> out into the world. <laughs> um, and like I've, you know, in, in talking about the album and introducing certain songs, um, like I've talked about that concept that this project has felt like a pregnancy because not um, or like perhaps coincidentally, if you if you dial back the calendar from October 15th, which was the date of the album release, my 46th birthday, um, which I was very vocal about and open about because I think that's part of the story is that it's it's better, you know, it's better late than never, it's never too late kind of thing. But yes, it's very much um, felt like a pregnancy because, um, you know, all of this stuff is happening and it's developing and, you know, um, there's all this, all of this stuff, but it doesn't quite feel real yet. Just like in pregnancy, you know, yes. you're growing life inside of you and, but it's not real, real until babies in your arms kind of thing. So it very much has had the vibes of a nine month long gestation. Um, <laughs> I love it. With, um, a great moment to finally release the album. Tell me a few little details of what we can expect listening to this album. And some people will have been able to get this album already. It's only just out. And I'm going to link everything in the show notes so people can find out where to um, get the album, where to listen. But what would be your synopsis as to the type and style of music and feel that someone could expect listening to this album? Okay, well, it... Um... I always use the term that it's like midlife anthems. There's a lot of themes of reinvention and standing up for yourself, self-confidence, new beginnings, new chapters. Um, obviously what I was going through in this past year and a bit um, was channeled into some of the songwriting. So um, I, several of the songs have themes of the same sort of denial or imposter syndrome mm -hmm. Coming that um, building confidence. Um, so those are some of the themes that um, resonate in the album. In terms of style, um, I, I guess I would say from from response and feedback from from listeners, I have a lot of people comparing me to um, 
Alanis Morissette and Sarah McLaughlin. That's, that's what I was going to say. And I was like, those are pretty amazing names. Like if you're going to be compared to somebody, hello. I can't even say how, like, it's like, like I'm gobsmacked when someone says this, like these women are my heroes. Like, and, it, and it's not a coincidence that perhaps my music has tones of that because they right. are part of what influenced, um, you know, my, my, my just musical taste, like jagged little pill, like on repeat uh. ever, like fumbling towards ecstasy, like all of them just like they're part of me, they're, they're in my blood. And so to be, to have people compare me to those um, amazing performers has been like the biggest compliment I've ever received in my life. Like, I'm just so amazed. So, um, but yeah, so that's some of the feedback that I've been getting. It's always hurt, sort of hard to describe music. The best, the best way to, yes. to figure it out is to have a listen, but um, that's a little bit about um, what I've been hearing about I... my I just, I love that. That is so great. And I love how it can come full circle where you're like, oh, am I a singer? Is this what I'm going to do? And then to all of a sudden be getting these types of feedback where you're like getting compared to these people that you've listened to and admire so much. I just think I love how things come full circle like that, where it's like, hey, hello, remember, you don't need to have imposter syndrome. This is what the actual feedback is coming to you. And I can really say that like the the strides that I've, that my vocals have taken through this process. I mean, I want her, I, I give so much credit to Em and again, her book outlines, um, uh, her book outlines some of her techniques in her teaching in terms of um, vocal performance, but um, so much, it wasn't just in my diaphragm and my lungs and my vocal cords, but up here and um, just in terms of psycho, psychological, um, impact on the voice and my confidence and I my voice has only grown stronger through this process um mm -hmm. and again like just so grateful um to have found M who's helped me with that and so grateful for all of the positive feedback that has just um been so heartwarming and just propels me forward so oh I love it I could talk to you for hours. This is so unbelievably amazing. Um, but I always like to finish up our conversation with a few, I, I say this every time, rapid fire questions that don't end up turning rapid fire because there's always more explanation that needs to happen. But I'm going to go forward on a few of these questions because I think it's so fun to sort of hear the real, the real deal details about uh, your life. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> um, fill in the blank. I wish I knew. I wish I knew then what I know now. Is this like a common answer? But like, it's just, there are some conversations that I would like to have with 20 year old Christina, um, 20s, 30s Christina, um, based on my wisdom now. But um, I'm trying not to live life with regrets. All of these earlier experiences are part of what led me to where I am today. Yes. But Certainly there are a lot of life lessons that I've absorbed that I, I wish might have come across, um, that I may uh, wish I had come across uh, a decade or so earlier, but. Totally. That's good. What scares you? Not being healthy or the idea of not being healthy scares me, which I think is, you know, a common theme now during the pandemic. I will say that during medical school, there's there's a couple of different type of personalities that come out during med school like there are the people that are learning about all of these diseases and pathologies and become a little bit hypochondriac 
uh, towards hypochondriac tendencies, thinking, oh my gosh, all of these things are happening to me or are going to happen to yes. me. It wasn't like that at all um, during med school. Um, and that's not to say that I'm a hypochondriac now, but I have to say that just as we age and our body starts to fail us a little bit, I think I need bifocals now, which actually <laughs> at the end of the story of how I spelt my name wrong on the album cover. I now suddenly realize that my prescription has changed. Um, <laughs> as we get older and we realize we're not immortal and again, nothing like a global pandemic to drive the point home that really nothing is more important than our health. So that's, you know, the thought of myself, my husband, any of our family um, not being healthy. That's sort of the scariest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's been, I think because this pandemic has been going on for so long, it's been extra. I found I had to work when Cassidy was diagnosed with CF, I had to work really hard and, and mindset therapy to mind over matter that thought about her, um, and what could go wrong and what might be, and all of the things that you know, and that are around you of knowledge in that particular disease, and really worked hard to just be like, if I'm just living in today, we're just here today. It's usually the catastrophizing of tomorrow and beyond that gets our brains going into this thing. If we're just right here, and then it doesn't have to feel so big. But I felt like I had worked through a lot of things. And then this pandemic coming up really, really sort of like altered the things that I felt like I had worked for years to just be like, you know what? I don't even feel that this is a thing anymore. And all of a sudden I was like, came back, you know? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah, it's a lot, but I agree living in the present and just being here for today, which is easier said than done, but really trying to just not think about what might be yeah. just can instantly bring me back to be like, okay, yeah, we're here today. Today's great. We don't need yeah. to be thinking about all the catastrophes that might potentially happen or else we might be trapping ourselves in our houses forever besides the pandemic. <laughs> Um, okay. Lighter, lighter question. What is your favorite meal? Pizza. How, like, what am I like five years old, but it's just it's true. And you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, we switched to plant-based eating, but like six days of the week. So, so one day a week we have sort of a cheat day and yeah. really the main thing I'm craving is pizza and cheese. Um, and it's not like a big steak or lamb yes. chop, or whatever. It's really like, just give me a pizza. Honestly, honestly, like the most comfort of comfort that would definitely be in my last supper also. Um, you have a lot on the go in your life. So maybe you don't even have time for television, but if you do, what is a series that you've recently binged or are watching and love? Okay, full disclosure, I'm a little bit embarrassed to tell you this, but here it is. I am addicted to a lot of the reality shows on Bravo. Like we're talking like Housewives and more recently. I know, right? Love it. Supposed to be a scientist. I'm supposed to be an academic, and I started watching all of these shows like on call, like late night. There'd be repeat. And at like four o'clock in the morning, there's not much on. And so I'd be watching Real Housewives in, in the on-call room. And then I would I would change the TV like back to CNN. So the person coming on call wouldn't see that I was watching Slice Network all night. <laughs> but there it is. And the current problem. Bravo show and actually my husband's <laughs> gotten my husband into it as well. Um, but we got into this show called Below Deck that is about 
um, like mega yachts and these like uber wealthy people who charter these yachts and the scenery is beautiful um, as they're going through the Mediterranean or um, in Europe and um, and it's just fascinating fascinating like it's almost like an anthropological study if I can try and make it seem more academic than it is but um, no it's just and it's a little bit sad like I think you know there's a lot of people who it's just an example of people who have so much that yes. I'm, I'm generally but so much wealth and yet you see there's so much unhappiness and um you know um just there's so much fighting and substance abuse and whatnot and i think the thesis of these shows and why they're probably popular is that um the average joe and josephine on their couch at the end of an episode says see they've got all this uber wealth and they charted a yacht but they're they're still not happy kind of thing there are some happy people as well but anyway that's yeah. my and it's sort of it's sort of like watching a train wreck right and you can't look away like it's just you're so right I love that you confessed it yeah I'm I'm all in exactly for what you were talking about and I feel like while I um go to traditional therapy uh the t bachelor the bachelor franchise the housewives franchise is a secondary level of tune out my brain does not turn off very often but that is better than alternatives that could tune your brain out and it's the best total mind numbing like just there's yes. no there's no plot for me to try and keep track and i just find there's so many and there's no murder like i mean like so many I, I mean i like a good mystery but there's so many shows now that are that are like violent and trying to solve yet another murder and my husband's getting annoyed because i keep asking questions yes. Who's that? <laughs> and like there's really no plot to follow for these shows like you yes. can just lie to cane for the brain kind of thing. That's so, right. And then just go to sleep and yeah, yeah. Go to sleep and your brain's not worrying. Be happy for your simple life. And yes. think, <laughs> I'm glad I don't charter yacht. It seems to it seems to turn out disastrously every right? time. Oh my word. I love it. Um what do you keep on your night table? two alarm clocks because I have a little bit of OCD tendencies. Um, and yeah, just wedding picture, some earplugs um, and a journal. Um, I actually had journals made as part of the merch um, for which I'll be selling online. Um, but just in case, like I don't traditionally journal, but in case like a song idea comes to me, I yeah. like to, and I like, I prefer to do it handwritten and I use my phone sometimes, but um, yeah. just in case. I love that. Last but not least, what would you say, I mean, there's going to be so many of these, especially in the last year, but what would you say are some of the simplest moments that are happening in your life right now that bring you joy? Like hands down, just time every moment that I get to spend with my husband. Like I'm just, I, I think because of our age difference, I'm very sort of aware of the idea of celebrating and appreciating all of our time together. But now, especially with my reduced workload and in his retirement, like just leisurely drinking coffee in the morning, we go for um, as, as often as we can, we go for these like almost two hour walks. Um, we live close to the water and, just like just having free time together is joy. Even sometimes just cleaning the house together. Like I'm just mm -hmm. happy now that I have time to clean my own house yes. and we're doing it together. And it's just like, it's just, just hanging out at the house, healthy together and spending time. Like that's, that's what my life's all about. I'm just so grateful. I love that. 
Christina, thank you so much for this conversation. I appreciate how candid you've been and I am so delighted for you that your album is out and that the world gets to hear your music and everything will be linked in the show notes so that you can go find it. And for those of you that are listening today and have that little stirring inside of you of something that feels like you need to act on it, you can just re-listen to this over and over because Christina, you gave us so many gems today as to reasons why we should just take those baby steps and um, push forward because you never know what could come. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. This show would not be possible without you, my incredible listeners. It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe to Celebrating Simple Life on Apple Podcasts or download and listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you choose to listen. If you really want to make my day, leave a review. These reviews, ratings, and sharing screenshots of podcast episodes that were engaging for you on your Instagram stories and tagging friends that you think should hear the episode too really helps the podcast grow. It makes me so happy that I often select reviews to read on the show. And if yours is chosen, you will receive a special gift from me. Thank you for being a part of my mission to connect stories of business and life. Cheers to celebrating Simple Life. Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast is proud to be a member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, which is supported by Connexus. Wellness, however you define it, is achievable. You don't even need to figure it all out yourself. Talk to Connexus. They'll give you guidance, motivation, and the push you need to reach your goals. They've got you. They're your financial partner, and they know you can achieve your very best, your financial best. Prove them right. Start right at Connexus Credit Union.